Hello, everyone, and may I say what a joy and pleasure it is to worship with you and to share in the Word of God with you. The world-renowned astrophysicist, Professor Dr. David Bloch, who was elected a Fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society of London at the age of 19, after delivering his first research paper on relativistic astrophysics, has written many books and works. His works are published worldwide. Um, he has worked with the Harvard University and the Observatoire de Paris, and he has worked on the Spicer Space Telescope studying the Andromeda Galaxy. And he worked there to solve a 200 million year old riddle. <clears throat> 
He wrote a magnificent little book some time back called Our Universe, Accident or Design, about which Sir Barnard Lovell of the FRS said, a devastating attack on those who believe that modern science can give a complete explanation of the origin of the universe. Much as I would love to spend many more hours discussing this, we need to move towards our main point of our worship today. Professor Block writes in his little book, The Big Bang Epoch marks the beginning of time and matter. He writes further, Time itself is determined by the motion of objects, and that's very important because this motion of objects is critical to our worship today. Professor Block says that our very existence relies upon the gravitationally bound systems or galaxies. These are structured so as to create an extremely delicate balance between the densities of matter and the galaxies themselves. He gives details on what would happen if the galaxies expand too slowly and conversely too quickly. And he makes the statement, the balance is critical. He writes that if the galaxies expand by a reduced rate of one million millionth when the temperature was around 10,000 million degrees in the universe, the whole universe would have collapsed in on itself. He says, the universe expanded at just the critical rate to produce galaxies and hence life here on Earth. And all of this is focused on one factor. The whole universe is in constant movement. Professor Block writes that this movement of everything in the entire universe can be calculated as 10 to the power 55. In other words, a decimal point followed by 54 zeros and a 1. And this keeps the entire universe in perfect balance. Professor Block writes, we live in a finely tuned universe, and it is all balanced by movement and the forces which cement the universe together. Then we turn to God's Word, the creator of everything Professor Block has written about and studied his whole life. Go with me to Matthew 2, verse 26. It is written there, We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now we all know this wonderful story of the Magi, the astronomers, who traveled from far away tracking a new star that was moving. Remember? A star gives off its own light, but a planet reflects light. So this is a star. It's giving off bright light, and so it could be seen during daytime. If we now go to Matthew 2 verse 9, 
It's written there, after they had heard the king, and of course that was Herod, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until, and here it comes, it stopped over the place where the child was. I am sure you are sitting there as surprised as I was when I read this again, that the star is recorded in God's word as stopped. Now you know why I spent so much time in my introduction. Professor Block tells us that the entire universe is constantly moving, all of it, all the time, and it's moving at great speeds. In fact, it's moving at 274,800 kilometers per second, which is 90% of the speed of light. And it's always expanding. Edwin Hubble, the great astronomer in 1929, stated that the universe is in a continual state of expansion. But here we have a star that has stopped. It defies all the laws of astrophysics, but it does. The star stopped. God's word declares this. Now, this is the only account of this in the Gospels, so we can focus on this in Matthew's Gospel only. But it has a far wider impact than just a star that doesn't move. This is a monumental event, one which the Magi would have marveled at, and now we can too. Having heard what a world-renowned astrophysicist has said, we too can sit here and marvel at this phenomenon. It is spectacular, but we need to sit back and ponder why this happened. Of course, it is God doing this. But the why is because this birth that we are about to celebrate in a few weeks' time needs to be seen from God's perspective. God was so pleased to provide us with a Savior that he adjusts the physics laws of the entire universe. You want to see how excited heaven was about the arrival of Jesus? Well, let's go to Luke 2, verse 8, and I'll read to you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. <clears throat> this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And now here it comes. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men 
on whom his favor rests. Now, there we have the entire host of heaven bursting out in praise and joy at the arrival of Jesus. And that on top of the fact that a star has stood still. But to really understand all of this, we need to go to John 3.16, a very well-known piece of scripture, but let's look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that, now note this, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In view of the time of year that we are in at the moment, let's only focus on the first part of the scripture. God loved the world so much. The ancient Greek for the word loved is agapeo, and it's the attitude of God towards his son and towards the human race. It is the exercise of divine will, a deliberate decision of God which lies in the very nature of God himself. The interest of a perfect being towards an entirely unworthy people and wanting to preserve them and desiring to save them caused the birth of Jesus. We can't really understand that type of love, but God has it for us and does not want to lose us in a sinful state, and so he gives us Jesus. And what are we to do about this? Well, the second part of John 3.16 says it very clearly. We are to believe in him. You ask why? Well, because this is God's love for us, and it is he who gave him to us. The word gave in ancient Greek is didumai. It means to give or commit Jesus is given to us as a gift of grace, a gift of love, and it is given to us and is, as Matthew Henry writes in his great commentary, the great gospel mystery revealed. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, meaning the total extent of God's love for us in giving Jesus to us. He begets Jesus in Greek, genoa literally mean to be born to. So Jesus was born to us. He was brought forth for us. And this is why the entire universal law of physics changed for that one moment. A star stopped and heaven burst open in song and praise of the God who gave us the Savior. And lastly, Jesus was given to us for the redemption sacrifice of each and every one of us, exactly like the sacrificial lamb in the Old Testament before the people of Israel left Egypt. But now we need to just focus on how we view that event, and that is crucial to our eternal salvation. In other words, how we believe. 
God was so happy to give Jesus to us, he stopped a star. He allowed heaven to burst open in excitement. And we? Do we view this coming season in exactly the same way? More than that, do we believe? Do we place our full trust and faith in this given Savior? Do we trust Jesus to redeem us from our sins and save us from eternal damnation and separation from God? Well, do we? Amen.